Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica, and this week I'm joined by Ashley Fontes. Ashley is a certified Iyengar yoga teacher with the National Association of Iyengar Yoga and a registered ERYT 500 yoga teacher with Yoga Alliance. She is the creator of readandyoga.com, the Kids Read and Yoga podcast, and multiple kids yoga games. Ashley has been teaching children's yoga for 10 years and is the mother of three little yogis and two yogi doggies. Ashley has her first yoga book coming out in the next couple of months. Ashley, welcome to the show. So great to be here. Yes. So we were already chatting and I was like, wait, I want to start recording because I I love hearing about your yoga journey. So let's start there for you. Um, How did you find yoga and then why were you interested in it? And then how did it impact you? Okay. So when I was pregnant with my first, I had a lot of, a lot of yoga. I had a lot of problems with my body. Biggest thing was sciatic problems. Um, and I was fortunate to have a, uh, coworker who was an Iyengar yoga teacher. And so during, um, during different times, she would pull me aside and say, here, do this yoga pose. Um, do this, do this and get me into positions where I could finally find relief. And she's like, I need you to go find an Iyengar yoga teacher. Um, she recommended Iyengar yoga because it has the ability to give the most relief and the teachers are very knowledgeable. If you haven't found an Iyengar yoga teacher, then it's kind of hard to explain the difference. Um, so I found one and they were able to help bring me through my pregnancy And then after I had my babies, uh, after I had baby, I only had one, um, I continued to go to the teacher and um, I found out that they had um, a kid's class. So I started to take a kid's class, but they they stopped it. And I found this program called It's Bitsy Yoga. Um, It had a really fun little kid's book about how to interact with your newborn. And I found out that I really enjoyed interacting with my newborn and I asked them if there was a way that I could kind of like bring this into the studio because it was, I couldn't afford, I cannot afford yoga classes. Um, I was a brand new mom. My husband did not have a very high paying job. And so we were able to work out something where we were able kind of do a a work program between the, between us and the studio. And, um, we did that for, for years. Um, and I started teaching at the studio, um, as a mentor. 
um, they, they taught me, they taught me how to teach and they taught me how to, how to take these yoga classes. Um, and I ended up finding out that I had postpartum depression and, um, I found out that, that doing these programs, doing this yoga, um, actually allowed me to bond with my children. I could not, my first child was so colicky. Um, there would be days where I was literally crying. Um, oh my gosh, it was so traumatic. Mm. I would be crying as he was crying in his crib because he wouldn't stop crying. And I found out I produced no milk. I would buy all the supplements. I actually went to an acupuncturist. I drank fish water because that's what the acupuncturist told me to drink. I boiled the fish and then I drank this like gallon of fish water. And I did everything everyone told me to do that would produce more milk. I produced no milk. I would pump us for hours mm. and I produced no milk by maybe was horrendously underweight. And, um, he cried because he was starving and I could not bond with my child except when we were doing yoga together. And, um, I was had horrible postpartum depression that went undiagnosed for years, mm. for years. And I don't know what I would have done without the yoga. I, I don't know what I would have done without the yoga. And for my yoga teachers that stayed by my side and helped me get through those, those early years with my children. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I can relate um, to so much of that. Um, I know you have three children. I've got three children. My second was, was colicky as well. Um, I, so I, I, I can relate to that helpless overstimulation feeling. And um, I also have had postpartum depression and thank you for talking about it because while people are starting to talk about it more, it still, I think needs a lot more awareness of what it might look like. Um, postpartum depression can, can come out in different ways for different people. And just to be aware of it, um, I was surprised I went to the pediatrician with my two month old and I took the Edinburgh survey where it's, mm -hmm. it's 10 questions that they try to determine if you might be suffering from depression. And I took it quickly. And then the, the pediatrician came in and was like, so you scored high, you should go on medication. And I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like, first of all, what's happening? Um, what's happening exactly. And so I, it took me, I, I grappled with, it and I, I spoke to friends and I was like, I'm very aware of what depression feels like. And I don't think I'm, I have it. And I mm -hmm. think, um, I think that was, there's also as much as I completely believe in medication when it's, when it's helpful, um, it doesn't necessarily need to be the first thing you, you jump to. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I came up with a plan of like doing some more therapy and getting more sleep first, maybe, you know, being mm -hmm. sleep but anyway, I just wanted to share that because it's very interesting that I'm glad there's awareness, but it, there's also, I think, a pediatrician shouldn't be diagnosing a woman um, with postpartum depression necessarily. Um, so the more that we can talk about it, bring awareness and we can kind of advocate for ourselves. The better. Well, and then when it comes to, so I went through, so the person who diagnosed me was my OB. Um, well, actually the person who diagnosed me was my mother. 
my mother was the one who recognized it. She was the first one. And the reason, the way she recognized it was I was taking eight mile walks every day. Um, and I was shopping, spending a good $400. I don't know, every other week buying huge things. And if I didn't get out for my eight mile walk, um, then I felt like I was the worst person in the world. Mm. Um, so I'm now spending two hours walking on top of my yoga. Um, and then this was my mom was kind of like, you know, something's just not quite right. Go talk to your OB. So we talked to my OB and then, and this was, you know, on top of everything else that I'm doing. Um, and we tried and we tried every other thing. We tried other things and we finally decided, you know, medication was probably an area. I didn't get my medication figured out until maybe three, two, three years ago, we finally figured out what medication. So I've been, it's been seven years. It took me to get to the right medication. Um, when it comes to, and in that process, I also found out I was bipolar and OCD. Mm. So, I mean, when it comes to medication, there is no one-stop shop. You figure it out. You're done. Everyone is I mean, so different. Everyone's so different. And so like I said, some people may be able to figure it out and say, I need more sleep. I need to go out and go walk. That's all they need. And they can manage their, they can manage their postpartum depression just fine. Other people may find out, oh my gosh, I have severe anxiety. My husband has severe anxiety. They may find out they have severe anxiety. They got on one medication. He needed one medication figured it out. His severe anxiety is perfectly handled. And then there's people like me. I've gone on five, six, seven different medications. And now we're just getting it figured out. Well, everyone's bodies are so different. Yes, yes, exactly. That you have to figure out the right doctor to talk to. And you're right. A pediatrician should not be the one that's making that decision. Right. Exactly. We all have different bodies. Right. I, and I, I'm so glad that you've you've stuck with it and, and you've been that you had the awareness to say, Oh, this isn't, this medication is not working for me. We need, or to, to advocate for yourself and say We're all advocates, you're right. Something else. And because a doctor, even if it's the best doctor in the world, they've got a ton of patients and they don't know you and your body mm-hmm. like you do. So, so this, this is such a great discussion of mental health for us. So I'd love to bring it now to, um, to children. To kids. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned that, um, you have children with mental health challenges and you've it sounds like from day one, from when your, your child was a newborn, you've been integrating yoga. So I'd love to hear, um, when did you really first bring it to your children? Is it, is it right away? And, um, what has been the impact that you've seen? So because I know that I have my mental health and struggles and my husband has mental health struggles, I was very aware and very cognizant that my children are probably going to have their own mental health struggles. Um, so I knew my, my oldest, um, was struggling. I, I thought he might have OCD. I thought he might have some, um, I found he has ADHD and he has severe anxiety. Um, so we've been struggling with that for the last three, four years. And, um, we've done a lot with breath work and not so much with meditation, 
but rather with learning how to work with our emotions with our breath. And so we do a lot with, you know, trying to, to understand, understand and breathe our way through situations. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things we do. Um, you know, learning to, to accept things that, you know, and, and a lot of times we, when we're too, when we need to get through a situation, you know, we go in and out of yoga poses. Um, we play through yoga. That's probably the biggest thing when it comes to children and yoga, we don't do it to control a situation. We do it to play. We, that's the biggest thing with, with me and yoga and kids is it's playful. Um, children, children play yoga is to play. Um, so when we do yoga, we're playing, um, when we do breathing, it's to help us understand what's going on around us. And that's how we approach yoga. That's how we approach it with, with mental health. Um, it's to, it's to try to understand, try to help us, you know, to, to be able to explain ourselves. Um, you know, if my kids are severely overwhelmed, then we take a couple of deep breaths to are the point where we are in control of our emotions. And then we can explain to mom what's going on. That's probably the biggest way we utilize yoga. Yeah. Um, and then if we need to, um, you know, we, we tell stories through yoga. We, you know, make up our own poems through yoga. We do fun things through yoga and we explore yoga through games. Yes. Well, the, the breath is huge. That's like one part of yoga that I think if every kid in the world learned about breath awareness and mm -hmm. how, how you breathe affects how you feel and how, if you're feeling a certain way, maybe you could tune into your breath and see what you're breathing like and maybe deepen your breath. There's just so many, it's a tool that literally everyone has because we're alive mm -hmm. and all you need is a body and to be alive, to breathe. So that's huge to like, that's so great that you're showing your kids that now, right? So that they could take that with them. Whereas I know most of us teaching this, we learned it as adults. Mm -hmm. We have to kind of go back and like, reprogram ourselves so that's wonderful and then yeah I totally agree it's all about playing it's not so serious it's it's bringing in the creativity and the play so is that I know that you started a podcast is that mm -hmm. what can you tell me a little bit about that like is the playing yoga with your kids what inspired it it is what inspired it um it actually really started out with um my daughter um she loves to talk and play about yoga and so it started out with us just kind of talking and um, going through what some of her favorite things are, but she quickly got bored um, with talking about yoga. She just wanted to do yoga. So then it quickly turned into me creating sequences of favorite books, such as Brown Bear, Brown Bear. And we'd go through the book and create a yoga sequence for the book. Um, so we have books such as Brown Bear, Brown Bear. Um, actually, the most popular is The Very Hungry Caterpillar. We created a yoga sequence for the very hungry caterpillar. Um, so we're in season four of, or just finishing season three of the podcast. And it's just, you know, you, it's the classic books that everyone loves, everyone has. And um, we kind of go through the books and come up with a yoga sequence that you can follow. And so as you're reading the book, 
you can go along and have your own little yoga sequence and um, read the book, have mom read the book and you can follow along and, and do yoga with the book. It's, it's a, another way to play with, play with yoga as you, as you're yeah. reading. And is it called read and yoga? Is that it's kids read and yoga podcast? Yeah. Okay. And where can people find it if they're interested in, um, they can find it on any major podcast. Yeah. Okay. And then you can also find it on my, on my website, readandyoga.com. Okay. Wonderful. Because it's I, what I love about it is that it sounds like even if a parent isn't as familiar with yoga, that they could still listen and do this with their children because the mm-hmm. books you're talking about are books that probably a lot of us have or can grab from the library. So I think that's such yes. a great introduction. And then I have a blog on my website that gives all the yoga poses and descriptions of how to do the yoga poses. Oh, so wonderful. you can follow along the sequence there too. Wonderful. I love that. And with the pandemic and um, I know so much screen time is just like through the roof. You know, <laughs> yes. in my I'm like, it's on all the time. It's nice when you can kind of take the, say like, let's just do this where we're, it's just audio and we can yes. use our listening. I think it's huge. right? It's now. a little different. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I, I would love to hear um, for you and your kids yoga experience, what would be a gem that you would offer to people listening who are sharing yoga with kids? What's your big piece of advice? Be patient. Um, don't expect you're going to sit down and have a 15 minute yoga session. Your kids may sit down and say, I want to do yoga. And then in two minutes, they are off and playing on their switches again. You know, you may got them for 30 seconds and do you know what? They did yoga with you and be happy. They did yoga with you. That's usually my, my five-year-old's version of doing yoga with me. I love that. It's so true. It doesn't have to look a certain way, right? It could be that that 30 seconds of taking a breath together. Yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah. It makes a difference. They'll get there. They'll get to your 15 minutes, but right now 30 seconds is their yoga. It, that was their yoga with you. I love that. That get that. I think that's a relief for a lot of people listening. Like, okay, I, you you did enough. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like what you pictured, but for them, they're taking that with them. And like you said, you'll get there. You'll get there. Well, thank you so much. I I know you you did share your website, but um, can you just one more time for anyone, even your social media, all the places where people could find you or get- yeah, I've kind of um monopolized read and yoga. So readinyoga.com. I'm on Instagram, readinyoga. I'm not on Twitter too much, but readinyoga on Twitter. Um, Facebook, readinyoga. Just readinyoga, you'll find me. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here and uh, for taking the time to be on the podcast. It was great talking thank to you. Thank you for inviting me. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the Kids Yoga Podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page, and you will see different monthly subscriptions, which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because 
it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.